Today, a special episode of Return to Reason, where knowledge and wisdom intersect. Today, my guest is the co-founder of a Canadian organization called Taking Back Our Freedoms. George Bears has extensive experience as a consultant to the criminal justice system, public policy, and the mobilization of grassroots movements to influence the culture of Canada. A true leader, an advocate for positive change. Thank you for joining me, George. It's great to be here, Leon. It's, uh, it's a real privilege to be here, and I have great, uh, great respect for your program and all that, you, uh, all that you address in our country today. Now, you're a part of an organization called Taking Back Our Freedoms, and a lot of uh, pretty esteemed people are involved with you in this organization. What's the goal uh, of this organization? You know, the goal, Leon, is uh, we saw the uh, extraordinary uh, overreach of both provincial and federal governments, and quite frankly, around the world over the last couple of years on, uh, on this, this pandemic. And while I certainly concern, have concerns about COVID-19, I believe there's many things that could have been done differently, particularly in the early treatment protocols with ivermectin and other things. And over the last couple of years, seeing the, you know, the lockdowns and the, uh, you know, the arresting of pastors and others uh, for simply expressing their, their right to free speech and abiding by the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, we just uh, really realized last fall that we really needed to take uh, a very aggressive approach and there's a lot of great organizations in the country, and we have great relationships with all of them. I have so much respect for those other organizations. Our focus over the last year uh, has been focusing on putting maximum pressure on the political system and just saying, no, we, we, have, to, we have to abide by our constitution and our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Yeah. And uh, quite frankly, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. We need to preserve it. Yeah, yeah. You know, now that we are kind of post-COVID, uh, do you think Canadians are waking up? Because there was so, I don't even know what the percentage is of how many were just living in abject fear and believed everything mainstream media said and everybody else was a conspiracy theorist. Things seem to be changing. Do you think so? There's no question about it. In our materials, we want to embrace all because they, we have been under a cloud of, of fear mm -hmm. and that's not the way we are to live. So we're very encouraged to see the number of Canadians that are moving from that place of fear to action, action to make sure we ensure the freedoms we enjoy in this great country of Canada. Yeah, that's so true. Um, You've explained this as people getting 50-20 vision. What do you mean by that? The last six to eight months is the darkest time in world history. Quite frankly, what, like what a, what a time in the world. And yet, and yet, when I spoke in Ottawa back in late January on Parliament Hill, we've seen some of the most courageous people I've ever met in my life coming out and taking a stand for freedom from every walk of life, every economic strata, and every faith background. And we're seeing an awakening in Canada, unlike anything I've ever seen in my life before. The left calls it wokeism. We call it 
an awakening and there is an awakening in this country and there needs to be and, and there's an awakening around the world we only have to look at the trucker convoy and how canada inspired the entire world to take a stand for freedom you know you were talking a little earlier about treatment protocols um why do you think that canada pretty much ignored any other treatment protocol other than vaccination has been quite a topic amongst doctors and scientists. Why, why would they even not want other protocols, do you think? You know, that's, that's, you know, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very good question. Um, we've been very blessed on taking back our freedom to have some incredible doctors join us, Dr. Paul Alexander, Dr. Byron Bridal, Dr. Patrick Phillips, Dr. Eric Payne, Dr. Roger Hodkinson, Dr. Jessica Rose, and I've probably missed someone, but the, 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 the collective of people who really are in the know regarding early treatment protocols, the only conclusion we can draw is there's another agenda here. I remember back a few months ago when we did an interview with our friend now, Dr. Pierre Corey out of Madison, Wisconsin. And his area of focus in the US is the area of early treatment protocols. And um, he coined the phrase and we use the phrase, you know, we can only conclude the agenda is resulting in crimes against humanity. Yeah, there are, there are doctors out there in Canada who are talking about using them in early on and seeing incredible results and then being basically commanded to stop using them and lost their jobs as they were helping patients. So, you know, the more we're coming out of this bubble, the more we can kind of look back and we need to, we have to look back because history is going to look back and measure and examine every decision that they made. And, and I think that, you know, two years, I was asking one of uh, the guys after two years, how long do we need to begin to correct flawed treatment or leadership? And they, and the person I was talking to said, two weeks, comment on that a little bit. Well, you know, I, uh, years ago, I worked in the Canadian criminal justice advocate, in, in the Canadian criminal justice system as a national advocate for families whose loved ones were murdered. And uh, I've had a considerable amount of experience about 30 years ago, but I, I know at that time, we ended up having public inquiries and demanding and having public inquiries on certain issues regarding parole and extradition at the time. And when we look at this, when we do the after the fact analysis, Leon, I truly believe while ca calling for a public inquiry has a good sound to it and, 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 and res resonates with people, what really needs to happen, I believe, Leon, and we are going to be initiating this, is we need to have a people's inquiry. The people of Canada need to be in control of that. And it's a private citizens initiative. And why do I say that? Because too many times, all of the recommendations that can come out of an inquiry such as this, which is completely needed, can be shelved and government bureaucrats will never let it see the light of day. What needs to happen and what will happen and what we're going to be initiating is coast to coast, from Bonavista, Newfoundland to Tofino, British Columbia, is, is a citizen's inquiry into what happened. 
And was there collusion? And is, if there was collusion between the very various premiers and the health authorities and the College of Physicians and Surgeons, let's find out. Let's, let's ask the questions. What did they know? And when did they know it? And what are the roots of this? Because not only the human suffering of the last 24 months, Leon, but the enormous assault it's been on small and medium-sized business. It's just been an economic disaster. Do you have any numbers on um, how many doctors, scientists, and professionals in Canada who stood up and wanted to engage in other treatments or had issues they wanted to talk about and were dismissed? And I haven't heard anything about them getting their careers back. Do you know anything about that? Have you done any research on that? I, I don't have the numbers. There, someone on our board of advisors would have those numbers, but I can tell you this. We have, we have a number of people on our board of advisors. I think of Dr. Patrick Phillips. He was, he was let go in Ontario by the health, the, the health services in Ontario. And why he was let go for, was for reporting adverse reactions. And the reporting of adverse reactions is actually part of the policy that he is required to follow. And yet when he's following the, the very policy that set out on adverse reactions, it was, we don't want to hear about this. And if you continue to report it, you will be, you, you will be, your job will be in jeopardy. And he courageously stood his ground as did many others, not only advisors on our board, but we've met doctors and others from other backgrounds all across this country who have taken a stand for what is right. I liken it to Dr. Roger Hodkinson, who's become a very dear friend of mine, a 78-year-old pathologist on our board, very knowledgeable, extremely accurate in what he conveys. And you know, it really comes down to some simple practices that physicians have not been allowed to do after quite frankly, I said, is it hundreds of years? Roger said, no, it's thousands of years. The Hippocratic Oath and do no harm and informed consent, just basic fundamentals of good medical practice have not only been taken away, but they've been punished for do no harm, for providing informed consent, for providing um, best practices in, 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 in serving their patients. And uh, there's a backlash, there, there's, a, there's a rising up that we're seeing, unlike anything I have ever seen in my life, not only in Canada, but around the world. I think that um, one of the things we can't have happen is everybody so desperately wants to move on and get rid of these last two years. We can't do that. We, I mean, we want to move on and we don't want mandates. We want freedoms. We want justice. We want the whole truth. But in order to get the whole truth, we have to turn around and in the years that are ahead, examine and investigate. Uh, otherwise, history will simply repeat itself. It, it, it absolutely will, Leon. That, that is so true. Take, it, take Alberta as an example. Am I pleased to see that the mandates have been lifted publicly is the announcement? Yes, I am. But the reality is, the reality is in Alberta today, there is still government kickbacks going to employers 
continuing right today, continuing to require their employees to be vaxxed in order to maintain employment. So there's so many issues that we're dealing with that have, have an enormous amount of digging into the details. And like you say, even when we could get that straightened out, even then, there comes to a place, every province needs to hold their political establishment and the College of Physicians and Surgeons and their health services accountable. That can only come through, we believe, a citizen's inquiry, asking those questions and demanding answers. Okay, so and following the rule of law. Right, you just said that there are companies that are getting government kickbacks to keep enforcing masks, uh, getting vaccinated, that kind of stuff. What do you mean by kickbacks? Like that sounds really illegal. Well, you know, what's interesting, speaking about illegal, we're very, very fortunate, uh, just incredibly fortunate to have uh, former Newfoundland Premier Brian Peckford as our chairman. And speaking about unlawful, the, the mandates themselves have been unlawful mandates because the constitution itself is, is, is the supreme law of the land. And unless they can demonstrably, that word demonstrably, Premier Peckford insisted that that be, they wanted to say unless they can justify. And back in September of 1981, he said, no, it has to be demonstrably justified. Hmm. And they have never done that. There's been no public hearings. There's been no anything. They just, you know, they just rammed this upon us province by province. We stood back and let them railroad over what is already the Constitution of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We need to make sure we, we have that back. We're hearing so little from mainstream media. And if our nation is going to get back to hearing not, not being censored on issues, but whole truth, because in a democracy, you know, if we're gonna continue this wonderful, you know, experiment, some people call it an experiment, we need to, the citizens need to have truth, the whole truth, so that they can make wise decisions. So without a mainstream media that's going to carry the whole truth, but instead kind of marches in step with the government, how are we going to get, how are we going to get this out to the nation? You know, it's a, that's a great question. And I guess, call me the eternal optimist, but you know, I have a strong faith and I've seen amazing things happening out of the ashes of what's been. And, you know, this very interview we're doing today, uh, again, I'm just saying this because I mean it, uh, Leon, the, the very work that you're doing in bringing truth to Canadians and beyond and speaking out, there's a shift happening. Mm -hmm. There's a shift happening because you're, you're absolutely right. It's all of the, the mainstream media have been, They've been they've colluded together and they have they have withheld the truth from the Canadian people. What we're seeing evolving is a, is a whole parallel media that's beginning to happen. Uh, you know, you're, you're a prime example of that. And people need to tune into the, the whole area discussing this from both sides. You know, for example, I, I'm open to having open debates with people who have an opposing view. I, I invite that. And we can have a wonderful, vigorous discussion. And something that's a lost art these days is the area of critical thinking. Mm 
Yeah, that's we true. Need to, we need to be asking the questions. I've, I've been looking around and, and looking for a good debate that may have taken place between a very sharp doctor scientist type who is all for mandates, all for vaccines, masks, that the whole rigmarole the government has, and then someone who's not. I haven't even found one. If do you, have you got one I could look at? Well, I have one that was that that had been proposed, a, a real case that was proposed, taking back our freedoms in early February invited Dr. Tam and a couple of the other uh, people from, from, the, from, from Parliament uh, it, on the doctor side, Dr. Tam on the other side and a few others, and uh, Dr. Roger Hodkinson and our very own, uh, he, who's on our board, and Dr. Paul Alexander and Dr. Byron Bridal extended the invitation to Dr. Tam and her colleagues to join them on Parliament Hill for an open debate and a, and, a, and, and a good conversation about this. They gave, they gave them ample time to, to answer and respond. And of course, the typical answer was there, there was no response. No, no. It's, it, it uh, went on. We, we need that. We need to. And if no one will, like I, I was listening to some of the doctors who went to court and some of the comments they made about them, you know, can you prove there's an emergency? Can you prove it is this high of a risk? And as they shared the, the actual court cases, and I think it was one of your doctors that was, he had this little piece of the papers that were provided by the opposition. He had this, this great big stack that he did. And it was kind of, it made your mouth drop to recognize there was no real vigorous debate at all. No, no, not only no vigorous debate, just no debate. No. And not only there was, was there no debate, the, the, the other thing is they imposed without any demonstrable justification. Those are key words within our constitution. Without any demonstrable justification, they simply carte blanche imposed these unlawful mandates upon the Canadian citizenry. I found that, and I've heard this said, and I saw some reports coming out of the States, of that the unvaxxed is the fastest growing group, because as people refuse to take the next booster and the next one, they lose their rights as vaccinated, and they go back to being in the unvaxxed camp. Because, and a ton of people that I'm speaking with and we're interviewing and talking to, um, yeah, they, they, they did it because they feel duped now. They, and even back then, many of them felt coerced. They felt manipulated. And uh, so it is, there is, there is a great awakening taking place. We don't want a great reset. We want a great awakening. That's exactly it. And uh, so it is, it is definitely happening. Do you have a lot of, do you have access to a lot of statistics, accurate statistics about these last couple of years? Yeah, we, we have access to some amazing statistics, not only within our organization. My goodness, I get uh, probably five emails a day uh, from, uh, from Dr. Paul Alexander. And he, he's an amazing, an amazing man, Dr. Alexander. He's a Canadian, Trinidadian born, but he used to work with the WHO. And because he would not go along with their narrative in late 2019, 
he, he resigned from the WHO. And when he did, pre then President Trump saw this man and said to, uh, said to one of his guys in the West Wing, you need to go and see if this man will have an interview with me. And he ended up working for the Trump administration. Ironically enough, um, uh, Dr. Fauci used to report to Dr. Alexander. And that's wow. a, a very interesting dynamic. But, you know, I've gotten to know Paul really well over the, over the past uh, six months. An amazing, courageous man telling the truth. And uh, yes, between Dr. Alexander and our other doctors, we have a, an enormous, we call it a substack of very accurate information. Dr. Jessica Rose is on our board of advisors. She's in, she lives in Haifa, Israel. She's from Newfoundland. And she works on a daily basis with Dr. Peter McCullough. So we're, we're tied into a, a really good group of doctors, uh, some within our organization and others that we've come to know now, like Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough and, um, and Dr. Ryan Cole. These are some of the, 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 the most uh, prestigious doctors on the side of truth, do no harm, informed, uh, informed consent, you know, in the world today. And uh, they, they are not, they, you know, they are telling the truth. Yeah, I think it's important that we all as Canadian citizens, and of course, anybody watching around the world, recognize that the first person always sounds right when they bring their mm -hmm. case up yeah. until a person with a difference of opinion cross-examines or brings their case and until you have someone who disagrees, you don't have real wisdom occurring. You just have somebody leading you down a garden path. And what's great for democracy is open debate. What's great for democracy is don't ever, like we don't vote political people into office because we think they're smarter than us. We want them to protect our freedoms. We want them to protect truth, the whole truth, you know, justice. We don't want to be censored. When that happens, I mean, the, the difference between manipulation and influence when you are a leader, because uh, it seems like the same kind of skills, it's usually motive. And so you got to ask, what's the motive behind all the manipulation? And let's get back to wise leadership that leads people, influences them, but gives them freedom access to information, you know, allows them to debate in the public market. Without that, we are not winning. One of my favorite presidents in the United States uh, changed the world in the 1980s, and that was President Reagan. President Reagan, Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, and Pope John Paul worked closely through the 1980s, and they changed the, in that decade, they had changed the entire free world toward freedom as we saw the Soviet Union collapse. And his mantra was trust, but verify. Trust, but verify. I've been in countless Zoom calls with my dear friend, Premier Brian Peckford, and MLAs and MPPs, they, they call them MPPs in Ontario, and uh, MLAs and MPPs across this country, mostly provincial, it was shocking when you think of the trust but verify, the lack of verification among leaders entrusted to public office 
that have not even, I'm, I'm talking elected provincial politicians and some federal, we've been on many, many calls. It was shocking to see how few have even read the constitution and the charter of rights that we already have. So people are saying like, what laws do we need in place? And I remember one, at one, one of those calls, Premier Peckford was exasperated when he said, it's not new laws we need, it's the current constitution that we need to uphold. It's, 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 it's the supreme law of the land. Now, yeah. can we always improve upon that? Of sure. course we can. Yeah. But unless we are even verifying what's happening and particularly in elected officials. But again, I will say it comes back to we the citizenry. Yeah. The awakening that I truly yeah. believe has happened in the last two years is the beginning. I think one of the things that's a huge issue for me is under the emerging generations understanding what is leadership, what's a leader, because they tend politically in other areas to what's your, your pet peeve and then vote that way. And they don't recognize that when you put people into positions of influence and power, that if they don't have integrity, if they're not honorable, if they're not there with, you know, what we've been talking about for years as a nation, which is servant leadership. You're not here for your career. You're not, you're here to serve the people that you lead. We've got to retrain our universities, our schools, uh, the public to say, what is a leader? And so as we do all the things you're talking about, we've got to find men and women who are integrous and who cannot be moved off of integrity. We've, we've got to make sure that we protect this democracy and stand on guard in our leaders. How, last thought, how can we do that? How can we make sure that leaders, we, we pick the right ones and we make them stand up for truth? Well, I will always refer to Brian Peckford as Premier Brian Peckford. He will always be, in our view, Premier Brian Peckford. And I, I'll specifically and succinctly respond to that great proposition that you posed. And it's, a, it's an excellent question. Recently, I won't even name the province, recently we had about 18 MLAs it was actually 18 MLAs that were on a Zoom call with myself and Premier Pecker. And they were asking, you know, when you were Premier of Newfoundland from and Labrador from 1979 to 1989, surely there were times with strikes and issues with fishing and Hibernia that you must have been testing the political winds about how you went. And he laughed, actually. And he said, no, no, he said, I, I, I never operated that way. First of all, every, every MHA in, in Newfoundland, it's a member of the House of Assembly, every MHA in my government, the backbench guys, I invited them in caucus to have vigorous, vigorous debate. And I stated very clearly that we were never going to lead from a place of public opinion. We were going to lead by principled leadership. And if we led by principled leadership, we didn't have to be concerned ourselves with the public opinion. We only had to ask ourselves one question at the end of the day. Have I done what is right? 
let the people decide, bring it into a vigorous debate all over Newfoundland and Labrador. If we have that kind of leadership and that very leadership is absent with all 10 provinces, three territories and the PMO's office, and that's what needs to change. I am hopeful, very hopeful that we are going to see change and we continue to work at taking back our freedoms. And to, to say in closing as well, Leon, taking back our freedoms is not the next six or eight months. Uh, we, we've come to realize, we thought when we started, it may be a one year kind of a project. Dr. Alexander and I and a number of us were talking over the last two or three months. And quite frankly, we're probably going to be passing tbof.ca onto our children. Because once we take back our freedoms, we see the organization being an ongoing watchdog and vigilant to continue to spur public debate. That's very good. Thank you so much for being with us because I, I really agree with that thought as well, that for generations, you know, it's like our national anthem, we must stand on guard for thee, O Canada. Because the second we get too comfortable um, and we think it's always going to be this way. There will be leaders. There will be something evil that will try to raise its head because selfishness is always around us. Self-grandizing, self-centered, self-whatever people uh, will look at this freedom and they'll try to control it. And so I, I really encourage people, you know, in our schools, our universities, in our news documentaries, everywhere we possibly can, we need to examine what's happened and then we need to raise up democracy, how special, how beautiful, and retrain an entire nation to stand on guard for it as a citizen. So. Because we are the true North strong and Free. So good. George, thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much, Lee, and God bless you. Return to Reason is supported by our fans. We are not handcuffed by advertisers or shareholders. The need for media with integrity is more important than ever. Consider becoming a partner and fueling the unheard truth by visiting returntoreason.tv.